The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon, Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableJewel. StableJewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableJewel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL props for a chance to win awesome cash prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Head over to manscaped.com and use the promo code SGP for 20% off your order and free shipping. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. This is your African Nations Futures Preview here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter. That's at SGP Soccer, at SGP Soccer. Also follow the Twitter account for the Bet MUFC Podcast. That is over at Bet MUFC on Twitter. That's at Bet MUFC. There is no EPL this week, so there's no Bet MUFC and there's no EPL show either. All of the regular soccer action returns next weekend. This was a international break, but it was an international break for the South American and North American teams because uh, European qualifying for the World Cup has finished, but South America and North America are still trying to determine who goes through. We actually put out a podcast for that, and it was a very, very good one. We'll be looking to put out a second one looking at the other half of the qualifiers taking place during this window in the week. To get all of my additional content, which includes this weekend's NFL, the NBA, all of our tennis plays, we're not playing the Australian Open on a night-to-night basis, but we did do very, very well with our futures. But if you want to get my future tennis plays, all of my soccer plays and combat sport plays as well, which includes boxing, UFC and WWE, including this weekend's WWE Royal Rumble, Head over to lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. That is my pay service where I've delivered my clients 
104 months in a row of transparent track profit. Well, at least that will be official in the next 48 hours because we are well on our way to 104 months in a row. What that means is that I'm undefeated in sports betting for over eight and a half years. There is a P&L to prove everything. I use a Patreon site which allows me to be transparent because my members can comment underneath every single post. If you want to see what a post looks like, either go to lockbetting.com or look at the pin tweet on the Twitter account at SGPSoccer. That's at SGPSoccer. Click on that properly. Have a look. Read the write-up. Tells you everything that happened in 2021. A full analysis of 2021. And then go and click on the link to the spreadsheet and have a look at the type of bets we do. Have a look at the unit sizes. It's all very, very affordable. It's all very, very sensible. We don't mess around with monopoly money. We are an every man service. We are an investment service looking to make people an profit from investing, not gambling, in sports betting. So if that sounds good to you and you want to get involved for this 105th month that we're looking for in the month of February, head over to lockbetting.com. The reason I say February is because if you sign up now at the end of January, you will be immediately charged for the month of January because that's how Patreon works. It allows me to be fully transparent, but it does have one drawback. Back. As soon as you sign up any time of the month, be it the 10th, 20th, 25th or 31st of a month, you will be charged for that month. You'll be charged again on February the 1st. So I recommend waiting till February the 1st. If you're dying to get involved with some action, if you want to get involved with our NFL, and we've been red hot in the NFL this season, 20 weeks into the NFL season so far, and we have 16 weeks of profit. I don't think anybody else can say that. So if you want to get involved with the NFL, if you want to get involved with the WWE Royal Rumble tonight, if you can't wait, then DM me on Twitter at SGPSoccer, that's at SGPSoccer, and we'll work something out. Just another note, there is a Royal Rumble podcast available here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's over on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed, and it's an edition of the Fight Show looking at tonight's WWE. E Royal Rumble. Moving on with the main reason you guys are here, and that's to cover the African nations. We are at the quarterfinal stage. Now, I was supposed to deliver a podcast for the last 16, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and of course the final as well. I did not put out my last 16 podcast. I was taking a break from watching and talking about sport. I still handicapped a few spots. I've got a team as well behind me that that cover the NBA and the NFL with me. A lot of it is consensus plays for US sports because I respect these guys and it's been a process that's worked for a long, long time. But but I just couldn't bring myself to watch anything or or do anything for a few days. I needed that break after that Green Green Bay Packers game. Now, I've never done this before. I'm not an overly emotional person. And I don't pin all my hopes to my team. In fact, I've dealt with years and years of disappointments. Um, Green Bay Packers have massively underachieved with this team, specifically this quarterback. Manchester United have massively underachieved for a number of years. We haven't won the Premier League since we, we lost Alex Ferguson. So this wasn't a case of me not being able to deal with the loss of my sports team and being over-emotional. But I think in this particularly this particular year... I think I just put way, way too much emotional investment into the Green Bay Packers. There was a lot, lot going on this year. There's been a lot going on for two years. Like, we need pick-me-ups. And I'm a successful sports better. I win every single month, as is documented on my record. I'm used to winning. And sometimes when you get used to something, it doesn't become special to you anymore. And for me, what's been missing 
from sports in the last decade has been success with the Green Bay Packers and Manchester United, the teams I really support and love. Uh, Man United, a team I go to watch all the time, all the way up in Manchester, which is 250 miles from where I actually am. But that hasn't come along. So I've been desperate for that success. And it really looked like in the last three, four years that that the Packers in particular were going to deliver something to cheer about, which would have meant a lot to me to go alongside the, the sports betting side of things. In addition to that, we've been through horrible years, two horrible years, and we're all clinging on to something that, that, that makes us happy. But it was more than that as well. This year was the the perfect toxic cocktail of politics and sports mixing together. And our quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I would have supported anyway, had I had, I had supported a different NFL team. Let's say I was a New York Giants fan, which would probably be my second team because I've seen a lot of Giants games because New York was easy for me to, has been easy for me to get to in my life. It's a quick flight from the UK, five, six hours. So let's say I supported the New York Giants and the New York Giants were out, which they always seem to be at the early stage. I would have been fully behind Aaron Rodgers and everything that he was doing and saying because it's not a case of vaccine versus uh, pro-vaccine versus anti-vax. It's not a case of that at all. He was standing for freedom, if anything, along with Joe Rogan. They're both out there and a lot of people are out there saying this is where people are confused. They've got it very much this black and white. They they have this very clear black and white divide between vax and anti-vax. But a lot of people are vaccinated, but are still out there pushing for freedoms. And that's what Aaron Rodgers was saying. Look at the alternatives. Give us all of the information, which is where I stand. We must have all the information before we take steps. And people say, follow the science. Well, you've got to follow the science. Well, science is wrong. It's been wrong throughout this pandemic. It's been wrong constantly. And also, the scientists work for the pharmaceutical companies that are researching. Uh, they, 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 the people that are researching things work for the people who are mainly making the profits from this. So, we need an independent adjudicator in this situation, which we don't have. And that's a lot of what's been said. And it became a case where it was blown up, where it was Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay versus the establishment versus the NFL versus the government versus the people that push for mandates, despite the fact there's no evidence to suggest that they are necessary. This, this year's NFL, this year's Super Bowl, this year's run with the Green Bay Packers stood for a lot more than just a sports team running through. I mean, we always had the element of it as well, where there was a last dancey kind of feel about it. Are, are Adams and Rogers going to be playing together again? Is this team actually only going to deliver one Super Bowl to Green Bay? So there was that already on it going in, where it was a desperate situation and you wanted it a little bit better than normal years. And then this political agenda started to build up around it. And I knew this could only go one or two ways. This could go one way where Aaron Rodgers did win it and it would be a euphoric moment for those who stand on one side of the fence or we could lose at some point and lose in the way that we did and it would give great satisfaction to these people that stand for everything that I don't, that, that like to troll, that don't like to look at all of the information, that are walking around with their, with their eyes closed. And I mean, and that's maybe a generalization because some people may just genuinely dislike Aaron Rodgers. And there is a side to it where people think, I had to do it, you had to do it. You, I, you have to do what I have to do. You shouldn't be able to get out of it. Well, that's a stupid mentality. If he took something that, if he didn't want to take something that he feels doesn't work and you took it, even if you believe it doesn't work, but you felt forced and you feel like he should be forced too, that just doesn't make any sense to me. But we saw a lot of that and I knew that was coming. 
I knew it was going to be fucking horrible. I knew it could only really go one of two ways. And as I said, there was a big emotional investment in it. And it was weird because what was the other way? What if we'd won? What was that going to do? Is that the end of the pandemic? Did Aaron Rodgers beat Joe Biden? No, nothing was going to happen. It was going to be Aaron Rodgers won and he's not vaccinated and he stands for something else. But he, and he won a Super Bowl. He still stands for all of those things. But it was a weird and unreasonable and illogical mental state that I'd got myself into where it was like, I really need this. I really need this. I really want this win. This is the one thing that I want. And obviously coming off the heels of, of Novak Djokovic not being in the Australian Open, which is something that I wanted to, to see as well. So it got it just got way over the top um, and it was a bad loss for me. The manner of the loss didn't help as well. Um, I found it difficult to get to sleep. I, I was emotional. I mean, my instant reaction was to pull my signed Rogers jersey off the wall. I mean, I just fucking pulled that frame off the wall, pulled the nail off the wall with it. I was that angry, just smashed the shit out of this thing. And that's that's not my reaction to losing at sports or sports betting. And it wasn't a financial thing. The first thing people ask is, oh shit, Billy, how much money did you lose on Green Bay? How much money did you lose? And it wasn't even about that at all. It was just about this big emotional investment of how it became about the last season and, and the politics and your team losing anyway and Djokovic going out and Man United doing badly and just two horrible years and just needing this, putting all my eggs into this one happy euphoric moment that would suddenly reset everything and it would really never do that. It was never really actually going to do anything other than be one happy night. But yeah, it was just a big overreaction and um, what I put on that resulted in me just needing to take a break. It was it was stopping me from sleeping that night. It was emotional about it. Um, that carried over to the, to the next day as well. And I just thought, this is really bad. This is really unhealthy. Get away from this shit. Like, go and do stuff with your kid. It was my kid's birthday on the 24th of January. Just go and do that. Don't look at anything. Don't, don't, don't talk about anything. And, uh, yeah, just, just get yourself away from three days because that was a really bad loss. I would, I would easily say that was the worst loss in sports emotionally that I'd ever suffered since, since watching sports in my life. So, therefore, with that said, that's why I, I didn't see it as a massive priority to put out a last 16 preview. What I would have put out for those knockout games was a lot of unders. And we established that on my very, very first show. This is a under tournament. There isn't a lot of goals. And I believe that it will just get even cagier as we get through to the later stages. We're now at the quarterfinals. The only game I don't think will be that way will be this first one here between Cameroon and Gambia because stylistically Cameroon are playing a very very different style to the other teams as it seems like being the host nation is almost forcing them to play a better style of football and that is resulting in goals in the Cameroon games from the last um, the last 16 games only two of the games produced over two and a half goals and Cameroon were involved in one of them, their 2-1 win over Comoros. If we go back to the group stages, Cameroon were involved in entertaining games there as well. They had a 1-1 draw against Capo Verde, although that's not an over, that is a both teams to score, which 
Doesn't sound like it's overly entertaining, but in this tournament, if you look at the results, you can see this has been an under gold mine. Prior to that, Cameroon won 4 1 against Ethiopia and they won 2 1 in the opener against Burkina Faso. So there's only one really convincing performance here. So it's hard to look at Cameroon and say they're massively utilizing their home advantage here and they're a strong play to win the tournament. They, they should win the tournament from this point. I mean, Senegal are still in it and they started as the favourites, but they are really, really scraping through every round. I mean, last time they got through 2-0, yes, it looks convincing on paper, but it should do because you're playing against 10 men. Senegal are still the favourites to win this tournament here at 5-2. It's 11-4 on Cameroon. It's 7-2 on Morocco. It's 11-2 on Egypt. It's 8-1 on Tunisia. It's 25-1 on Burkina Faso. Equatorial Guinea at 40-1 and Gambia at 50-1. I think Cameroon will be there in the final. Whether they can see it through remains to be seen. Cameroon are available at 5-4. They are the favourites to make the final given they are the easier half of the draw. They have to get through Gambia today and then after that they have to get through the winner of Burkina Faso and Tunisia and it is surprising to see Tunisia here because they look very lacklustre in the group. Looking at the Cameroon game tonight, they're available at 4-7 on the money line to get this done. It's 13-5 on the draw and it's 7-1 here on Gambia. As I said, I like Cameroon to get it done. I'm going to plumb for them here on the money line. I think they will find a way to win this game. Cameroon have seven wins in their last eight games and one draw, including three here at the AFCON. Cameroon are the tournament's top scorers here with nine goals. Although Gambia are also unbeaten in AFCON, they have lost both of their previous meetings to Cameroon. This, I think, will be the only game that goes over and I can see both teams scoring. There have been goals at both ends in all four of Cameroon's AFCON games. I know the tournament's top scorer, as I said, with nine goals in total. And both teams' scores landed in just one of Gambia's games, but they have scored in all of their fixtures. So if there's any game here in this quarterfinal stage, it's going to go over two and a half goals or deliver over two goals, definitely. This is going to be the one. It's worth noting that Cameroon also have Vincent Abu Bakar here as well, and he is the top scorer here in this year's African nation. And he's already put up six goals, which is pretty high for a tournament top goal scorer. And he's not done yet. I think he's going to continue to score more goals. He's probably going to blow this field away, which included some some top, top players like Riyad Mahrez and Mo Salah and Sadio Mane and Sebastian Salah. So I expect him to continue scoring here and I expect Cameroon to go through. And I like them on the money line here in this one. Up next, we look at Burkino Faso home to Tunisia, where Burkino Faso available at 5-2. It's 9-5 on the draw, and it's 11-8 here on Tunisia. This would be another low-scoring game here, and you're kind of looking uh, for alternatives to the under. But we're getting this at under minus 200 narrowly. We're getting this here at 8-15. to and I would take this selection. In fact, you can play the under two on the Asian handicap line. And this only loses if you get to three goals. If it gets to one goal, you win or obviously no goals. But if it gets to two, you come away with a push. And that could be a way to also look at betting these games. Under two and a half goals has been a winning bet in three of Burkina Faso's four African nation games. And in three of Tunisia's, Tunisia failed to score in, a two, in two of their games so far here in Cameroon. Uh, Burkina Faso has scored one goal in each of their four games. And Burkina Faso have won three of their six meetings between the two nations. So 
Whereas Tunisia are priced up as the favourites to go through here, there is actually good supporting data for Burkina Faso to pull off the upset. But as I said, on this half of the draw, I'd be very surprised if Cameroon aren't in the final. I think they provide some value at 5-4 to four to get there here and get through these two tights. Looking at the other half of the door, draw, sorry, that begins tomorrow with Egypt against Morocco. Egypt are the 11-5 underdogs here on the money line. It's 7-4 on the draw and it's 13-8 here on Morocco. The qualification odds will tell you that Morocco are the favourites to go through. Overall, it's 8-11 on Morocco and it's even money here on Egypt. Again, this is a game, despite the fact that you see Mo Salah here, this is a game where I don't expect too many goals. I expect this to be a very, very tight affair. It could be won by a single goal. And I do think if that is the case, that goal will go to Egypt. They are the second highest scorers in the tournament, whereas Egypt have only scored twice so far in their four matches. Morocco have won three of their four games at the tournament and their last six World Cup qualifiers. So I would be looking at Morocco to qualify here and sending Mo Salah back home to the Premier League. I wouldn't be taking him on the money line simply because I can see this being a tight and cagey affair. It may be worth to it may be worth backing all of these games blindly to finish nil-nil because there's a real possibility of nil-nils here. You would only need one to make a profit. The nil-nil in this game in particular is available at six to one. So if you just hit one out of the four and it's bound to be one the way this tournament's been played out, you are going to end up with a profit overall. But I'm going to go for Morocco to qualify here and I will continue to be playing my Asian goal line play here on under two goals. Up next, the final game, we're going to look at the final quarterfinal, 7 o'clock UK time tomorrow night. Uh, that is um, 4 p.m. No, sorry, it's uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time. It's Senegal versus Equatorial Guinea, who are the surprise team to be here. Where Senegal are 4 to 6 here on the money line. It's 23 to 10 on the draw, and it's 13 to 2 on Equatorial Guinea. That says a lot about what a good tournament they've had to be just 4 to, to for Senegal to be just 4 to 6 here. People do think this is a difficult game for them. I do think Senegal will win it, and I'm happy to tack on a clean sheet there to get more of a reward. That's at 6 to 5 plus 120, so we're getting plus money there on a Senegal team that haven't conceded a single goal in the tournament so far. Under one and a half goals has landed in all of Equatorial Guinea's matches so we can see what type of game this is going to be. And this Senegal side have won to nil in their last two meetings between the pairs. So I'm going to go for a Senegal win. I think Senegal are going to be the team that end up playing against Cameroon in the final but I don't really have 100% confidence here on them getting it done in normal time. I think I'd rather ride that clean sheet train and just take Senegal to keep a clean sheet here rather than needing him to win to nil. Now, usually there's marginal differences between a team to win to nil and teams to keep a clean sheet, but not here. Senegal are plus money at plus 126 to five to win to nil, but just to keep a clean sheet, they're four to six. So that's a big, big difference. That's not what you usually see. If the team is six to five to win to nil, they would usually be around about even money, maybe 10 to 11 minus 110 to keep a clean sheet by itself without needing to win to nil. But the possibility of a nil nil is very, very high here in this game. Therefore, that's why you're getting such a difference in price. I think I'd rather go that way. This is a game that's certainly going to be uh, an under game and uh, it's almost worth taking Senegal to win one nil or two nil rather than taking them on the money line here if you're looking for different ways to bet this and to make a lot more money here from the last few games here of this tournament. Closing out with my lock on the show, 
I didn't do one last time out. I am going to do one here. I'll be very surprised if Cameroon aren't in the final of the African Nations here on their own turf. I'm going to take Cameroon, I'm going to take Cameroon to be in the final. That one is available at five to four. I think given the running that they have here, looking at their quarterfinal and their potential semi-final, this is a very, very good price. And given the way they played and given they're a team that are scoring goals in this tournament, I would be surprised if this doesn't cash for you. And I'm going to take Cameroon to reach the final at the decent price here of five to four. If your book doesn't have this, then probably best thing to do would be to continue to bet Cameroon to qualify in each of their next two games. Although obviously that line's going to be a lot more juiced depending on who goes through. Um, for an alternative lock, I would probably be looking at that clean sheet for Senegal in the final game. I don't see that being a game that has a lot of goals. I think it will have a definite pattern of play. Senegal haven't conceded so far, so I'd continue riding that train. I would take that at 4-6, to six, minus 150. So that concludes your African Nations quarterfinal preview. I'll be back to cover the semi-final. Nothing this weekend in the NFL is going to give me an emotional breakdown. Um, and I'll be back next week with the EPL. All of the domestic leagues will return. If you want to check out additional content from me, head over to lockbetting.com. At the moment, there is an episode of The Fight Show over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network covering the WWE Royal Rumble. That's it for me, guys. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.